Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 154 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. This week, catch up with my musings live as I sit in the apiary. Beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. So here we are out at the farm apiary. I'm sat beside a field of oilseed rape that's just about to start flowering in glorious sunny weather. And this is the very first time that I've done, I guess, an off-piste recording for the podcast where I actually don't have a script. So I'm hoping that this will all flow reasonably well and that I can make some kind of coherent sense. Typically, having come out into the countryside to sit and listen to the birds and maybe some of the agricultural noises that you sometimes get when you're out in the countryside, I appear to have set myself exactly on the flight path for, I think, the American Air Force Base in Suffolk. So every now and again I'm getting jets coming over because I don't know what they do. Turning on their afterburners or something but they make a heck of a racket. But I guess it's much needed and um, we thank them for their service as they say. Um, But I just wish at the moment they'd go and fly somewhere else. Anyway, uh, I'm here at the farm apiaries I'm at site number two, and I'm looking at eight poly Langstroth hives. And I thought today I'd just talk through uh, the inspections that we've had this week and let you know how I'm progressing with my bees, and that might kind of give you somewhere uh, to compare, something that you can look at and have a think about your own bees and how they're getting on. So we're last week of March, tomorrow is the 1st of April and it's a fantastic day. The temperature today is due to get up to around 21, 22 degrees Celsius. Unfortunately, I'm not at the computer so I can't tell you what that is in Fahrenheit. However, it's definitely t-shirt weather. The bees are out flying and have been for the last three days. We've had three days of very nice weather. Sadly it's all going to come to a halt tomorrow because we're going to be back down into single figures. So if you've had a look at your bees then great. If you haven't then I wouldn't rush out tomorrow uh, necessarily to take a look at them. I would give them another week or so. Just to uh, talk about recording the data uh, for inspections this year because that's something we've been really trying to mess around with for several years now. And believe it or not, we're actually going back to a handwritten diary. I've got an A4 day-to-a-page diary, which has actually had not much written in it up until now. Uh, But at this point onwards, I'm going to record all the relevant information in the diary. I had been trying to religiously record data for each individual hive and to be honest that's just become too cumbersome for me. We tried using the iPad but inadvertently leaving that out in the sunshine 
meant that the screen blacked out and we couldn't then collate any details. I've tried using Google Sheets. Last year we had quite an effective system where you could record the data on a Google Sheets kind of questionnaire on a mobile phone, be it iPhone or Android. And that was quite neat, but I don't think we've really used the data. And we were recording quite a lot of data, which naturally was taking time. And I think what I'm going to focus on this year is data by apiary site. So we'll continue to number the colonies and make sure that we can identify individual colonies at individual sites. But I think recording the data for each individual colony is possibly unnecessary. Everybody has their own specific reason for recording data of their inspections. It's nice to look back on. And if you've only got half a dozen beehives, then it's a fantastic way to make sure that you can go back and look at all of the details from each individual hive. But what we're specifically focusing on probably is honey production and queen rearing. Now, those two things, more than all of the others really, are what we're going to be looking at closely because we want to produce as much honey as we can and we want to rear our own queens despite having bought some in last year. So in order to do that, what I'm going to do is to identify the better performing colonies. So any colony that is well above average, uh, those are going to be the colonies that we'll keep details of. We'll also write down in the diary details of colonies that are maybe struggling that we need to assist, maybe those that have severe disease issues, and also details of equipment that we might need to take to individual sites. And again, it's an individual thing, but for me, just flicking through a couple of pages, maybe a week prior in a diary, and being able to just look at the details to say, oh yes, last time we were at that apiary that we're inspecting today, we noted down that we need to take some queen excluders, or we need to take a feeder, or any other ancillary equipment, or maybe the grass needed cutting, or you know, whatever information we want to put. So that's what we're going to try this year. I know that people will use cards under the roof of their hives, uh, and we've tried that. I know that people will continue to use phones and technology generally and you can get some fantastic graphs and charts and it all looks really really fantastic however you need to then put that to use and I think if you're going to use that information then fantastic collate it collect it and and use it uh, to your own ends there are also some very good apps on the market that you can use some of them are free, some of them are free but have advertising with them, some are limited to the number of colonies that you can register before you have to pay for a subscription, and some are subscription only. Uh, but if you like the idea of using those, then again, that's something that's really worthwhile doing. But these records, finally in talking about records, these records are very much 
your personal property. These are your records for you to look back at and use to improve your beekeeping, to improve your bees and to make decisions on planning for the future. So they don't have to conform to any particular format. Those of you that have seen my uh, inspection sheets uh, know that I used to collate very specific information and if anybody would like a copy of that then I'm more than happy to, to share it. But that was for an iPad. I think it can convert to maybe Microsoft or Google Sheets, something like that. But it really is all about the data that you want to collect for your bees. But things like the temper of the colony, the health of the colony, the brood pattern, whether you've seen the queen and eggs, that kind of thing. Notes about disease, notes about whether you've added or need to add any equipment to the hives, all of that can be quite relevant on a day-to-day -day basis as you, as you go through your inspections. So let's just take a look now at the inspections that we've performed this week. It's been, uh, as I say, a, a fantastic week. We've had three days, including today, three days of above average temperatures for the time of year, and it's allowed us to get into the colonies really well. Now over here at the farm I did come over on Monday but uh, when I turned up it was really quite chilly still so I didn't inspect. I just dropped off some equipment ready to add to the colonies and sitting here if I just explain what I'm looking at I'm on a farm track. It's a concrete farm track with a nice little grass section to one side. You may have seen the images in videos and photographs and I'm facing towards the oilseed rape. I'm facing an easterly direction at the moment I believe uh, but I can uh, possibly check that because I've got a compass on my phone which is always good and indeed I am facing east which, <laughs> which is great. So I'm looking at a field that is full of oilseed rape. It's in front of me and wraps round to my right. And uh, to be honest, I don't know how many acres it is. When I came over on Monday, there were one or two of the plants that were in flower, but now it's looking fairly yellow. There's quite a lot more plants in flower and uh, looking at the colonies, the bees are, are very active and bringing back bright yellow pollen, which comes from the oilseed rape. So on Monday it was it was quite chilly here so we didn't inspect and this is my first trip out. From here I went over to our colonies over at the Woodland Park and at the uh, Bluebell or National Apiary and those of you that have followed will know that um, that's where there's a fantastic Bluebell wood. And I went through all of those and these are checks that are really very brief. I'm not doing a full-scale frame-by-frame check. I'm going through the colonies as quickly as I can to look for predominantly food and brood. Those are really the two things that I'm most interested in. I want to check that the bees have got enough food to see them through to the next inspection and that next inspection will be possibly in 10 days time, maybe longer, just depending on the weather conditions which are set to be quite cold for the next week at least 
and then whenever I can get to that particular apiary in order to inspect. So it's no good them having just half a frame of nectar that they foraged. They're going to need more than that to see them through, especially with building colonies, larger brood nest areas, and they're going to need both carbohydrate and protein, and the carbohydrate is the nectar, and the pollen is the protein. So we went through the colonies, I say we, I went through the colonies uh, on my own and discovered that we had uh, one colony that had perished, unfortunately, and it looks as if they had reduced in size to the point that they just couldn't maintain a brood nest temperature and the bees unfortunately became hypothermic and died. And there's another colony there that I've been looking after for uh, somebody else uh, whom I named Gary, if you remember the videos. And unfortunately, that particular colony, which was at the time described as aggressive to the point that they couldn't be handled, were perfectly fine and could be inspected without any fuss at all. But unfortunately, they had got chronic bee paralysis virus and as such they need to be destroyed and it needs to be done very quickly because this particular colony has the potential once drones come out to infect all of my other colonies there so it needs to be sorted as quickly as possible and I've agreed with the owner that that's the course of action that we'll take so I shall be going back over the weekend in order to carry out that destruction. Other than that the colonies were looking really fine, uh, strong for the most part. I always seem to feel that we end up with about a third of the colonies that are strong, a third that are weak and a third that are about average. It just seems to always fall that way for us and it seems to be that way again this year. So we won't be moving any of the colonies around this year. I, I'm a bit concerned, as I digress as normal, a bit concerned about security at the field of oilseed rape that we were going to pollinate. And I need to have a conversation with the farm manager there because I'm really not happy about the colonies being exposed to potential theft so I need to have a conversation with him probably uh, shortly after Easter. Looking at the other sites that I've been to so far, the one at the university has some very strong colonies. The bees are a little bit tetchy. There's about three colonies there that are quite grumpy in fact. I should say aggressive because they're not particularly grumpy and those of you that have seen my talk on grumpy and aggressive bees will know the difference but they are quite defensive and aggressive and potentially will need to be requeened. That said they're, they're nice strong colonies so we'll give them a few weeks to see how we get on with them. And then yesterday I was over at the Fishing Lakes apiary so this is where we carry out our queen rearing. It's a beautiful sign it's absolutely full of willow and I'll take some of the willow flowers away maybe get back there today and just take some back to the unit so that we can carry on with our microscopy pollen slides series of videos. I hope you're enjoying those. If you've not yet seen any of those videos they're available on Patreon 
sign up to Patreon and take a look at the microscopy series of videos and you'll see that we've been producing a range of pollen slides as the flowers have come into full flower, full bloom, and we'll continue to do that over the summer. Uh, we've obviously got some oilseed rape here and I've also seen that there's some dandelions now in flower so I might do uh, a dandelion pollen slide this week uh, we'll see if we've got time at the weekend perhaps as it's Easter but just going back to the colonies over at the fishing lakes apiary everything seems to be okay we've got one colony and again those of you that have followed on a regular basis will perhaps remember colony number four at the fishing lakes they appear to have a queen that is struggling at the moment and by that i mean she's not really laying her eggs in a regular concentric pattern on the brood frames and it's looking like she may become a failing queen We've also got another colony there that is definitely a failing queen and I posted some photographs on the Patreon page to illustrate one of the frames and I think it's maybe caused a little bit of confusion. So a failing queen becomes a drone laying queen and in terms of her being a failing queen she's still able to fertilise some eggs and remember that a fertilised egg becomes a worker and an unfertilized egg becomes drone. Now she could be failing because of several reasons. It could be that she didn't mate particularly well last year. She's a new queen from last year and perhaps she has run out of sperm. So it could be that she's only been able to mate with a limited number of drones, wasn't able to get sufficient sperm to store in her spermatheca, and as a result, she's now running out or running low of that sperm. And if she can't fertilize the eggs, then those are going to become drone. In this particular colony, there are frames which have got some worker brood in and then scattered all over the frames we've got these drone cells and I think it's caused a little bit of concern because people think that they also have a failing queen because they've seen a few small clumps of drone brood in their brood boxes as well. I wouldn't worry too much. I think what you're seeing is the start of drone brood being produced naturally because the colonies want drones at this time of the year. They want to produce drones so that they can reproduce. And so you will see drones now starting to appear. I've spotted that in several of the other colonies that we have. But in this particular colony, we're looking at frames completely covered with this sporadic drone brood from top to bottom and side to side. What I would expect to see in a fit and healthy colony is the drone brood to be towards the bottom or in small clusters of maybe 30 to 50 cells but not covering an entire area within a brood frame from as I say top to bottom and side to side. She will become a drone laying queen when finally if uh, she's run out of sperm or maybe one of the other reasons could be that she's got some kind of physical problem that's now preventing her from fertilizing the eggs. 
she will eventually find that she'll become uh, a drone layer and will only produce drone cells. So what I've done is I've removed her from the colony. So she's been destroyed and we're going to unite that colony. And uniting that colony is simply going to be a process of using the newspaper method to move that colony to another spot. And we're actually going to be bringing some bees over to the oilseed rape here at the farm. So we might well bring her across with other colonies. I say her, bring that colony across with other colonies and just unite them with another colony by putting some newspaper on top of the queenless colony, a queen excluder on top of that, and then the queen right colony on the very top. Allow them a few days to chew through the paper and to integrate with each other and to mingle. Shouldn't be any problem with that. And then what I'll do is I'll remove all of the frames with drone brood and use that as a mechanical form of varroa control. So if there are any varroa, they're likely to be in those cells and we can remove those. They'll go into a freezer, be killed off, and then we can cut out the frames and uh, render down the wax to, to reuse the wax. So that's it really. Um, I'm glad to say that the jets overhead seem to have moved on. Uh, and so we've, we've had a fairly quiet time. Uh, it's been really pleasant. Uh, sitting here in the sunshine just chatting with you. I hope that if you have inspected your colonies that that's gone really well. Do look out over the next few days. It's going to be cold. It's not going to be particularly good weather for inspecting, particularly if you're a beginner beekeeper where you may need to take a little bit more time. But it won't be long. Back end of next week I think we're going to get into some warmer weather again and then it'll be full-on inspecting all the way through the summer and into the autumn again. I hope you'll join me for uh, all of those inspections. We'll be producing the videos for Patreon. There'll be a few that will go to YouTube this year. And uh, if you've got any questions about anything that we've talked about, then please do drop me a message. Or if you see anything on the videos, then uh, an email. If you're not familiar with Patreon, do take a look at the page. I'll put all the links in the podcast notes as usual. Until next time, from a sunny Norfolk countryside lane, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. Mm-hmm.